Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning. The show is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. You've got Alan Hahn. You've got Harry Douglas in with you this morning. And we've got the candle going again. And you are Natalie attired today. Thank you, sir. Ready Pomegranate. For and, and right. So the candle, did we, did we work on it? Pomegranate. See? A quick study. I like that. Quick study. This is how bad the staff is here, though, on this show. This is why This is why I had to Yo, limit. Yo, if y'all don't stop playing it, it's going to be some issues. See what I'm saying? Like, this is right. what they'll do. This is what they do. <laughs> what? They, they, it's, it's they, they try to do all they can to sabotage the show. This is what happens. But we and, don't want to call it. And it's why I had enough. We're seeing out either. No, no, no. It's, listen. We're seeing out either. It's us now. against so. the world right now. Yes, it is. Yes, because it is. we're literally seconds from being live. And that's when one of the producers, Pat Costello, decides that's when he's going to send a text to the group about my sweater of choice today. Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah, well, what is – I mean, he said, <laughs> he said that Han looks like he's about to wheel in a TV and put a Bill Nye video on for the class he's subbing for. <laughs> First of so, all. Substitute teacher today. Now, now all of a sudden I look like a substitute teacher. Yesterday I was somebody's uncle. Oh, yeah, picking up your kid it's, from, it's, from school, man. Picking up your nephew, your niece from school. <laughs> Like they, they <laughs> listen. I got a game tonight. I like the pack light. You just gotta keep it. You gotta keep it moving. What video are we watching today, Mister Han? <laughs> I don't care, kids. Just stay quiet. <laughs> I'm gonna read this comic while you guys watch. Oh, this we dumb have a movie. sub. Let's give them hell, oh, crew. All, Let's yeah, right. give them hell, crew. It's on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it goes two ways too because the sub be like whatever. Exactly. <laughs> whatever. It's. It's holiday week. When are you? When are you going? When are you? Vacation is when you're leaving. When? Yeah, I don't care. Oh, the hell with these kids. But but man, it's, <laughs> but it's the timing. It's the timing, Costello. And don't think don't think I don't know what that's about. You're just trying to get me off off my game, which can never happen. You guys know that by now. Meanwhile, speaking of games, we had a couple of games yesterday, and and one in particular that had a lot of significance in the Raiders and the Browns for both teams. A very important game. Now the Browns again without. Ten or more starters at last count. Not no Baker Mayfield, of course. Nick Mullins, who wasn't even on the roster, had to start the game. Did a real? I thought he did a nice job. They did, right? They did, did. It. and and was in position to win the game. And then what happens is the Raiders do get the ball back. Derek Carr gets the ball back, and you saw a play that really stood out to you as one that made you second guess, bothered the hell out of me the too. intentions of the Browns are trying to win this game. And this is Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. So talk us through, in that about 29 seconds to go, Foster Moreau, the tight end, makes the catch, goes down the sideline, and is not tackled. Yeah, and Han, for me, it's all about uh, game situation, situational football, right? you got to understand right there, if you are the defenders of the Cleveland Browns, that the Raiders don't have any timeouts. So if you tackle that tight end in bounds right there, mm-hmm. I think the Raiders only have a chance to get one, if two more plays off, because I think they got one more off after that. They yeah, and they had no timeouts. No left, timeouts. And it was left. at the fifty yard line. At the fifty yard line, so it would have made it that much difficult for them to try to get a field goal. Um, Denzel Ward had an opportunity. The tight end clearly should have just went out of bounds, but I think he probably seen the laziness of the defenders. And cut up field and got a couple more yards, then got out of bounds. If he gets hit right here, 
inbounds. Think about the clock. The, it, you don't have that time. Yeah. You don't have that time for, for Derek Carr to get another play. He probably gets one more playoff, but they don't have time to huddle and call a play that they may want. You just have to go fast at that point and, and call what the defense gives you. Another thing about that drive is that I did not like the simple fact that they played a lot of man coverage. They blitzed entirely too much. And against Derek Carr, that's what you don't want to do. Because we've seen what he did against the Baltimore Ravens on the last play of the game. They decide they want to play cover zero and blitz. And they, he sent them packing, sent them home. Right? So, I, I, questionable decisions, um, late game execution defensively. Uh, Denzel Ward, you got to understand that the playoffs are on the line. All three of those guys that was right there, the playoffs are on the line. So, you have to sell out. You have to throw your body into that tight end and try to keep him in bounds. They don't have any timeouts left. It's situational football, huh? So after the game, I'm like, what? Did no one see? It? Am I seeing things? Because remember, I texted to everybody. You, you in the group. immediately sent it to the group chat, and then you sent the video of it too. And and we were all because I was thinking it as I'm watching him when Morose t- tiptoeing down the line. I'm thinking to myself like he's he's stealing a, at least three more yards, yes. and then he goes out of bounds. Yep. And I was thinking that, and then when you sent the text. I was like, all right, I guess I'm seeing the same thing you were seeing. Yep. That it was amazing to think that the Browns in that situation. And this is the play right watching here. Watching it again on ESPN too. See him take. He took. He he takes at least three steps. Now, obviously, we go through the progression now of the plays. And that's the last play right there. Right. Um, that they that they caught, and then they rushed and were were able to spike it, Clock it and then right. kick the field goal. Right. Right. But if you tackle that tight end and bounds right there at the fifty, at the fifty. I think the Browns end up winning might that football be over. game. Wouldn't, and, and, and what an important win that would have been for the Browns. Huge win. Because, it would have been a huge win. Well, think about where it puts them now. They're now 12th in the AFC. Yep. They're now on the outside looking in. They're now suddenly a team that you would put on the bubble, but really when you consider what's left in the schedule and everything else and all the teams ahead of them, they'd have to climb over just to get a wild card. Now, there's you can question whether or not you feel like this is a team that now is going to be a playoff team, and they could point to well, we didn't have all players available, we had to move this game, whatever you can say, all the excuses you want to make about the Browns, regardless of anything, if they don't make the playoffs, now they would have been a four seed if they won the damn game, so it's not like they're completely yeah. out of it. There's still three weeks left, but to drop to the fourth to the twelfth seed really shows you just how competitive how wide open the AFC is. But the flip side to all of this, though, you got to give Derek Carr credit because he had an interception. Well, you talk about a team that was he had a, He had an interception before that, yes. and I was like, why are you going for the home run? I understand it's quarters coverage, uh-huh. but uh, the, the, the way Cleveland was playing on dra- that drive, they were playing a little softer. So, and, and then I don't understand Cleveland. You played soft on the previous drive, you know. but then on the drive before that, you're playing man coverage and blitzing. And then when you get the ball after the interception on third and three, you decide you want to run it. I, I, you got to go for the first down right there because of the history of Derek Carr in those late uh, fourth quarter comebacks. Mm-hmm. You, you got to go for the first down. There. I'll argue, though, how much do I trust Nick Mullins in that moment versus Nick Chubb? Well, I'll tell you this. The way we seen Nick Mullins on that go-ahead touchdown drive, he was three for four on third downs, and then on fourth and five, he converted it for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, should the coaching staff trust him more in that game? It's a good question. It's the question we should be asking. Yeah, you wonder too for him when you see him on the sideline after, of course, the uh, the, the Daniel Carlson forty-eight yard field goal to end it. They show Mullins, and he's got that look on his face, like probably the only game I'm going to play this year. Yeah, 
right? Like yeah. that's it. And he and, did a hell of a job. And had a, had a chance to did win, a hell of a right? Job. And did a hell of a job. And again, for the Browns, so entering the game, 33% chance to make the playoffs. Yep. They lose this game. It's now 17. I mean, there's still a chance. But what a, you know, the impact of this game certainly will be felt. Situational football, man. But, but you just wonder, going forward now, the impact it's going to have on the Browns. What happens to them if they don't make the playoffs? What happens to the organization? What happens with Baker Mayfield? All the different, you know, all the different, all the different things you can think about with this team, what the expectations were coming in, mm-hmm. and then what we'll look at them as, how we'll perceive them now going out. Are they patient? Do they believe this was just an odd year and they'll continue with this group? Or will there be those decisions such as, did, did Nick Mullen show you something that also Case Keenum showed you? That maybe you don't need Baker Mayfield. That's the biggest question this offseason. Maybe you don't need to pay Baker Mayfield. That's the, big, that's the which biggest is, thing. Which is, of course, the most expensive question to ask, and we'll continue to ask that. That's Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. It's KJM. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. August Jonas on the Goodyear Hotline. Harry Douglas, Alan Hahn in with you. The Dr. Pepper call in lines, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We asked this question for today. What team playing on Wild Card Weekend is going to be the most dangerous to make a run? Who do you not want to see on Wild Card Weekend? Meanwhile, it was a Monday night doubleheader. One team jumped into the final playoff spot while another was officially eliminated. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. We're not even looking at those other teams, you know what I'm saying? We worry about ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Kirk caps it, fake, J.J., end zone, caught, touchdown, Justin Jefferson. We got a, a win on the road in the division, and uh, and we'll take it. Good morning, KJM ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Alan Hahn in today. So last night we had a Monday night doubleheader. We talked to already about the Raiders' win pretty much at the buzzer on a field goal over the Browns and the impact it could have on the Browns more than the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders' chances to make the playoffs are still pretty slim. But for the Browns, it took a hit, and we'll see now where they go and can they get everybody back on uh, and then get right back into a, a, a big game this weekend and also not as much time to get ready for it as well. Excuses mounting for this team if they don't make the playoffs. Meanwhile, uh, another team that's been a bit of a disappointment played yesterday, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. Now, they did – beat the Bears yesterday on what was Monday Night Football. They now move into the seventh seed, the NFC, and, you know, with a couple of big games winning-wise uh, after losing to the Lions. How about the Lions could could have wins over teams that end up making the playoffs? 
know. Right? Like one of the worst teams in the league, but they obviously are competitive. And then if the Pittsburgh Steelers make it to the playoffs, they, they tie with them. Yeah. So when you look at the Vikings, are they a team that you say, boy, if they get in, I don't want to see them? Because you never know with Kirk Cousins. We've seen a history of the Vikings where they some magic, whether it's you know fair or not, does work in their favor sometimes when they get in these big games. The defense is pretty damn good. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, a Mike Zimmer defense is the toughest defense I've ever played against in the National Football League. Always came out with bruises, but they do a great job of uh, deception, right? Bringing the linebackers up in the A-gaps or bringing them up at the line of scrimmage. Getting your offensive line to declare and, 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 and say they're going to block one way. Then they take, take guys out, Harrison Smith. You may see him line up on the line of scrimmage. Okay, we're gonna block. We're gonna go to him. He may drop back. The blitz may come from the opposite side. That's why you see free runners. I just, I just think they do a good job of disguising and getting the offense to declare what they're gonna do blocking wise, and then switching things up at the line of scrimmage. Um, but they always have some solid guys at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. uh, defensively, and then linebackers. And then you see Harrison Smith. He's been there forever for him. Uh, but I, but I tell you this: if Kirk Cousins, we don't. What Kirk, what Kirk Cousins are we going to get, right? That's the I say question. Say all the time. You never know with are, him. Are we going to get the one last night who was 12 for 24, or are we going to get the one who's been decent most of the year? Like, we don't know what we're, what we're going to get. Um, was that missed- game plan last night? Was that more game plan? I don't want to get too much into the Cousins stuff, but, I mean, it just – I don't know how to gauge or how to judge his performance. They did win. They did play a team that – you know, like I said, if, if you really want to spend this this conversation, let's go to the other side of the ball. You talk about a, a defense that is good. You know, we just mentioned the Vikings. The Bears' defense is <laughs> uh, is a quality defense. And if you just had an adequate offense that could function in the red zone, who knows what the Bears could be? But it's an amazing thing when you think about it in in Matt Nagy's tenure. And, and as we know now, the Bears were eliminated. They're four and ten. They're out now. They're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So for Matt Nagy, now all the attention goes on him. You know, Fields is playing. That's good. The red zone issues are still there. Not good. Yeah, one for so five the, in the red zone. Yeah, there's, there's times where you watch Fields and you can see there's, all right, something special here. And then there's times where, you know, throw it at his feet. Like, why, why are you taking a sack, you know, on certain situations uh, on a screen pass? But that's all, that's all the learning process, yeah. right, with him. It, goes, it comes with it. But with Matt Nagy, it's amazing to think that he's the guy that was brought in to Bring offense, get the offense going, whether it was Trubisky or now it's obviously going to be Justin Fields. He's always had the defense. Yeah. And he was he was asked about this. He was asked about having a defense that would be considered a top defense that could win in the postseason, and the offense struggles and can't give it points. Here's his answer. You want to be able to to score more points and uh, again, it's uh, it's complimentary football, and we're not doing right doing that right now. And and uh, like you said, the last couple of years, it's been um, different reasons that we um, you know grow and get better, and and try to grow and get better. And it starts with me, and it ends with me. You know, so I, I accept complete responsibility for that, and I think that's important to to understand. Um, and and I uh, you know you learn a lot through this process. I feel like Nagy tries too hard with the media. Uh, he's a nice guy. Everybody you talk to says that. Yeah. He's a really good guy, really good guy. Hey, but nice guys in this league get screwed over. <clears throat> is he, yeah, is he a head coach? Well, he, then he, he also takes a flag uh, in between the first and second period, second quarters, arguing for his guys. He showed a lot of fire on the sideline. You can kind of see that he's really doing all he can um, to make sure the guys see that he's still fighting for them. But 
I mean, is it time? I mean, is it? I mean, are we at that point? We've been talking about this. There was a report that he was going to be fired on Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving. Yeah. That didn't happen. But are, are we feeling like the inevitable is going to happen at the end of the season in Chicago? They're going to be looking for a new head coach? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think for Justin Fields to be able to grow um, within this organization, I think it has to happen. But I think one of the things that I've seen uh, this, this Bears team struggle with is communication. Communication from the coaching staff. Communication from the head man, and, and that draws all the way back to last year when you look at the offensive line play and certain blitzes mm-hmm. would come, and then you see this side doing one thing, the other side doing one thing, and you even had Allen Robinson say, okay, we have one coach telling us this and the other coach telling us this in the riffraff. But I look at Justin Fields, right, and, like, he took the sack last night, shouldn't have took the sack. Fourth down, you can't take a sack. you got to throw it there on fourth down. just to, Even if you throw it up and give a guy a chance, and then you see the screen – where you take a sack also, that communication should be coming from your head coach who's an offensive guy. Uh, going over situational football, what you can and can't do in those situations. So right there, it's telling me that the communication is not happening. It's not there. And that's obviously the coaching issue. Yeah. And that, that starts yeah. at the top. That starts with coaching. And it's just been, it's been the issue there. It's it's I guess if I'm in Chicago, that's the thing I'm most frustrated about. Like like Cleo Mack's not even Bro, playing. This, this, that's what and I'm saying. Defense this defense looks- is, is is amazing. You like you pray, teams pray and hope that they're gonna have a Robert Quinn, a Keem Hicks, who is a physical specimen, nasty, the kind of player that I like. Nasty. I don't give he don't give a damn about who he's playing against. He's gonna get a couple personal fouls he's here and run there, over you, but though. you, but you, yeah. you can you can live with those because you can live with your defensive lineman being nasty. Then they have a guy Angelo Angelo Blackson. I played with him in Tennessee, who's coming to his own throughout his career. He was in with the Houston Texans as well. But you just said it; they're not even playing with Khalil Mack, and then they played this game with a decimated, depleted secondary. So guys like Graham and Tabar, those guys stepped up big time last night at the safety and corner position, and they had a chance. To, they, they they were still in this ball game. They Very gave Kirk, they sat Kirk Cousins four times. Mm-hmm. Keem Hicks had two. Robert Quinn had two. They gave that offensive line hell for, for the Minnesota Vikings. Quinn has 15 now? Yeah, I think he's season? tied for second or might be third in the league. And he's right behind, though. I mean, think about Let me see. Richard Dent, the franchise. I mean, think about somebody that he could he could match in franchise history. 17 and a half, I think, is the is the Bears record. And he's he's sitting there right behind him. You doing research for me live on the air? Yeah, he's he, you, no, he has sixteen. He's, so, all right, so he has so he is second. So he is right second there? right now. Yeah, you got TJ White right one, Robert Quinn second, Miles Garrett three. I mean, that's a significant record to have in franchise oh, history yeah. when you consider the Bears and defense is their history and, yeah. and a name like Richard Dent, right? Like yeah. so, so, he's having that kind of year, and there's no Cleo Mack on the other side. It's not like defenses have to worry about a lot. It's just you could focus on huh. him, and he's still getting there. So you're getting production, and. They're doing that. So that side of the ball is doing the job. It's the offense, and that's what Matt Nagy was brought in. You can say all you want about Matt Nagy and everything else. I mean, I've criticized him for what he, how he is uh, at the podium, because I just feel like he does. He says too much, does too much, tries too hard at the podium, and it also is a bit of a reflection of who he is in front of his team. But the bottom line is, you're brought in to bring the offense up to a level where the defense is. That has not happened, and that's why you have to make a change. Well, and, and I'll give you. I'll tell you this, Han. When you talk about coaching, right? Great coaching is playing to your player's strengths, not saying, okay, this is what we do, this is what my system is, and this is the way we're going to do it. You adapt to the players that you have around you, you play to their strengths, and never exploit their weaknesses. That's what great coaching does. Mm. Well, we'll see what happens there at the end of the season. All right, coming up, did Tom Brady shot an eighth Super Bowl end just like that? 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. I think it minimizes their chances of going to get that one seed. Now that Green Bay has it, now we're going to ask Tampa Bay to do it again. To do it two years in a row, yeah. they have to go on the road and win a Super Bowl. That is a big challenge. They, they made that decision before Chris Godwin got hurt. And if you know anything about Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady is the reason that Antonio Brown's on the roster. Welcome back. KJM, Alan Hahn, Harry Douglason with you this morning, ESPN Radio. And Harry, Tampa lost to the Saints, but the bigger loss might have come in the game, not as a result of the, not not the result of the game, with the loss they had several injuries in this game, but the major one, obviously, Chris Godwin has it is now reported he is out for the season mm-hmm. with a torn ACL, and you know that is something that of course we'll talk about in a minute about where where now the Bucks will be among teams that we think are true contenders, but before we even get to that. It's about a play, and we we actually talked about this a little bit yesterday when it comes to high hits, low hits, and all those things. But the hit on Godwin is something that has the Bucks talking. It includes head coach Bruce Arians, who had this to say about the play. Chris has an ACL, um, and he's done. So um, he'll be done for the season. feel bad for him because he was having such a great year, and, uh, and the type of hit it was totally legal, but... Uh, I think that's one of the things we have to look in the offseason. We're so concerned about hitting people in the head that uh, we're getting a lot of knee injuries now uh, because of that type of tackle. But uh, it is legal and uh, wasn't a bad play at all. But, uh, yeah, you just feel bad for Chris. Now, Bruce is not the only one that is talking about how we need to look at this and in the offseason and talk about it. So Tom Brady also on his podcast, Let's Go, Sirius XM, he said, Chris got hit in the knees yesterday, which is a play I think they ought to take out of the game of football from a receiver's standpoint. He said, you know, I've kind of talked about talked to the Players Association about it for a while. I'd like to speak to the competition committee at some point this offseason. I've seen that hit too many times where a defenseless pass catcher is in the process of catching the ball, then he's hit by the defender, and a lot of defenders will say, well, we can't hit him in the head anymore. Well, the point is, you can't hit anyone in the head anymore you were a wide receiver in the nfl for 10 years yeah so for you this is personal yeah. and you said yesterday i'd rather be hit in the head yeah with 
that aside, do you think it's something this offseason, especially when somebody like Tom Brady now is pushing this agenda, that we will see the league do something about these hits to the knees? Ooh, that's a that's that's. And then a, I ask, where the hell do you hit anybody? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a tough one. So, I, I don't I don't know where you're you're going to ask a defender to try to hit somebody because not all the time you're going to be able to hit in the body area. You know what I mean? And yep. then sometimes you have guys that are coming at you. Say you have a 245 pound running back or 235 pound running back coming at you, and you're five five nine, 175 pound corner. You, you're not gonna. You're not yeah, gonna take that's that. That's a mismatch. But this, this is this is where it gets dicey for me though, because a few years back, I got crucified for a cut block that I had on a defender that was looking me right in my face, and a lot of people crucified me for that, for that block, right? And I was inside, um, inside the 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 numbers where a running back was coming right behind me. Mm-hmm. But then again, you have defenders. Say I catch a pass and I'm not even looking at him, can chop my legs down, but that's okay. So that's 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 where it gets a little dicey because here you I got crucified for that, but then you see those type of plays, and most people are okay with that because it's a tackle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So of I, I don't I don't I don't understand the, the the riffraff, but I don't but also I don't understand is that we have the rules in that you can't hit people in the head. And then if we make a rule that you can't hit guys in the legs. Right. Like, so it's, I don't know where the common ground is. And it's all kind of angles you can take on it. Uh, well, as a it, receiver, it wasn't a dirty play. No, well, no, it's, it's, and they both of them acknowledge. Yeah. It's a, it's not, it's a legal play, but it, it, now it just, it ruined, it ended his season. He's going to be a free and agent. I, and I hate that for him because he was having a damn good year. Yep. He's a guy who had about 800 yards last year. Uh, over 65 catches, um, the importance that he means to Tom Brady, the slot receiver. You think about all the slot receivers that Tom Brady's had. You, you think about Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, Julie, Julian Edelman, Deion Branch, Troy Brown. Um, who am I? Who was Chris, Chris, Chris Godwin mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. The importance of the slot receiver is very, very meaningful to Tom Brady. So this is a huge blow for this team. They were already down Antonio Brown, which I thought was an important factor because he was the one receiver on their team that had that quick shiftiness, right, that can route a defender up and just get open from his route running ability. So now you're down Chris Godwin now. So um, do I still think they can possibly get to the Super Bowl? Yes, I do. Um, Is the road going to be tougher now without Chris Godwin? Yes, because if you remember, I think it was last year against Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, wasn't it Chris Godwin who went up and just made some jump ball catches in that football game to 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 help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get in scoring position, right? So uh, that's that's what you miss. He's a different slot receiver from what Tom Brady's used to as well because he's big. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy that you can throw jump balls to in the middle of the field. Um, you can hit him on more seam routes, and he's just that bigger statue guy that you feel comfortable with inside. That's the slot receiver that Bruce Arian likes. He likes the the more bigger bodied guy. Yes, Tom Brady coming in before coming to Tampa. He liked he liked the more shiftier um, guy who can who, who can just get open from, from his speed and quickness. And, and coincidentally, it's the smaller guys that are slot guys that generally end up having the concussion issues. Yeah, not the lower body issues, yep. but the bigger receiver will have the lower body issues because of 
just his size in general. Just go for the legs. And yeah, but but I, don't, I don't know how you can. So make how a, do you? I don't, like, I don't know how you can make a rule about, for that, huh? I don't I, know I, how I, you I just can don't. either. But because you guys are getting fined fifteen thousand dollars for hitting people in the head. Yep. So you you have to go low. But on the flip side of it, like I don't even think guys can cut block anymore. I I cut block just about every time I was in in the run game. Yeah. I don't even think you can do it anymore. No, and. and that's when I think you hear a lot of frustration from people. Now, it shows you how important Godwin is when Arians and Brady yeah. are talking about it. And to a point of, it's a rule we got to look at. He's pushing the competition committee to, to look at this. And how do, you, how, I mean, how do you possibly, what do you do as a defender at this point? Do you, like, it'll be so much harder to tackle players, which means the, the offense will be through the roof. Yeah. But you're trying to protect the player. But sometimes, sometimes... That's just the game. It's already Sometimes it's already just it's game. already an offensive advantage game as it is. Right, right. You, you can't touch a receiver past five yards. Um, a defense, defenseless guy. Like the call last night in in the Minnesota game was atrocious. Uh, the personal foul for for the um, hitting a defenseless receiver mm-hmm. where he clearly hit the ball mm-hmm. and then it was like incidental contact after that. Yeah, like that that was atrocious to me. We see that a lot with quarterbacks too. Some some of them it goes yeah, too like far. I don't feel like I don't want the game being put into the referee's hands too much mm-hmm. because I think it already is put into the referee's hands enough as it is. With that in mind, and you mentioned now, I say leave it like it is. Though. Have, but so so yeah, so don't change. It's, no, don't clearly, change. clearly, like yeah. And again, from a wide receiver perspective, part of me would think you'd first thing you'd say is no, you got to protect us. But you're being as honest as you can about it. Yeah, like and you, saying no. This what is, do you want to defend it? Like yeah. I don't understand what you would want to defend. What's the worst to injury do? you ever had? So in, in, and, I, and, and I will tell you this. I've had an ACL, MCL, meniscus, and a bone fracture all on one all play. All on one play? What so, happened? Uh, that was in training camp in one-on-ones. A guy right, hit right. me at the top of a route. But still, I don't wish an ACL on my worst enemy. I, I, I wouldn't. Whenever I see somebody with a non-contact injury go down, I, I get upset and I pray for them mm-hmm. because I've been through that process. Mm-hmm. And I know what it's like. They had to strap me down to a table, Han, to get me just to try to get flexion and to break up the scar oh, is yeah. just the most painful like it was, thing. It, it was the worst, man. Like yeah. I, I don't wish that on anybody. And to, and to also start trusting the leg again, yeah. which we see with a lot of players when they go through that, how much do they trust the knee to do all the things they have to do? And everybody's different. is a great example of a and guy everybody's that different. wondering how much has he, does he trust his legs yet. Yeah, and, and everybody's different. Everybody heals different. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a little longer. It's, it take guy, I think, what, Adrian Peterson was, what, like six months, six well, or seven yeah, months? That was unbelievable. He's a different character now, <laughs> trust me. But then you see nowadays, guys, it, it don't take them as long as it did, um, I will say, even 10 years ago. All right, well, speaking of Tom Brady and, and everything he had to say about this, you can listen to the Man in the Arena podcast, a 10-part series exploring how sports impacts are. Everyday lives through the lens of Tom Brady's career, available wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. For a mortgage experience you can be a fan of, Rocket can. Then, of course, the impact that this injury has on the Bucks this season. As you mentioned, they do have Antonio Brown on the roster. He is now available to play after serving a suspension for mm-hmm. the forged uh, vaccine card incident. That nonsense. Yeah, and and at first you would think Bruce Arians would say, "I'm not interested in this guy. Like we're not bringing this guy back in." But of course, situations change, and he talked about what he thinks, his thinking behind bringing back Antonio Brown, and the criticism that might come with it. You did bring back Antonio Brown after saying that he screws up one time and he's done. So, what made you decide to give him another chance? 
Well, the history has changed since that statement. You know, um, a lot of things went on last year that I was very proud of him and I made a decision that this was best for our football team. What was the decision-making process for you like, knowing that some people might go back to those comments you made publicly about Brown and say, wait a minute, hasn't this guy had enough chances? I could give a what they think. The only thing I care about is this football team and what's best for us. Obviously, your options change. <laughs> the situation does, and, and obviously you, you have to adjust accordingly. Dan Graziano joins us right now in studio. Good morning, Dan. Um, before we get into what was said about the hit on Godwin and some, some of those conversations, just your thoughts on Antonio Brown being now that player that Arians is turning to, even though you could tell there's a part of him that probably would rather not, but he has no choice. He didn't want him in the first place, yeah. right? Like, I mean, he was on record last offseason saying we're not going to bring him in, and then they do because Brady wanted him. So, uh, and, and obviously, I mean, I'm sure Bruce Arians would love to be able to say, yes, we told him one mistake and you're out, and he obviously made a big one, so he's out. But he can't afford to because they need him now, especially with Godwin. They, I, they had already made the decision to bring him back even before the Godwin injury, but now it's even more important. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a football decision, and I think we heard what Bruce Arians thinks of, of anyone else's opinion of it. Mm-hmm. And, Graz, I, I will say this, and this is what the public got to understand. When you sign up to be a head coach, you are judged by your wins and losses, oh, right? Yeah. You're judged by wins and losses. You just lost Chris Godwin. Uh, a guy that Tom Brady loves, and was basically I say his main receiver. Sure, you're not. He's down now. You got to go to the next, the next guy. Antonio Brown is a guy that I thought they really missed because he's the guy that can win those one-on-one battles against a corner and just route somebody up. They missed that. They missed that quick, shifty guy, which we know Tom Brady over history loves. Especially now, yeah, sorry. Yeah, circumstances have changed. Yeah, you're, you're down a top dog, so you got to bring another top dog in, even though. You might not want to, but the common goal is winning and winning a Super Bowl. And if Tom Brady says, I need Antonio Brown back so we can win a Super Bowl, you damn right he's going to be back on that football team in a uniform. Throw in that Fournette injury because he's been catching the ball yeah. out of the backfield, yep. but a big part of what they do. So, yeah, th- they need options there, and I don't think there's any question that, uh, that they were going to bring Antonio Brown back. What do you think, though? And, I mean, you would expect this from Arians. You'd expect this from Brady, of course, uh, or anybody, that when they lose a player to an injury like Godwin and the way he was injured, you're going to get that an emotional response of, boy, that hit, I know it's clean, but we got to look at it. And Brady's saying that, he wants to talk to the competition committee at some point this offseason. Maybe there needs to be a rule put in place. You know, I can imagine defensive play. We were just talking about it. Where am I supposed to hit somebody now? Is this going to go anywhere, or is this just they're emotional about it, they're going to say it, but we all know that's just going to be part of football. Well, it's probably more the latter, but, I mean, look, if anybody can get it changed, it's Brady. He got the rule changed on the quarterbacks years ago, right? <laughs> Tuck the rule. Same rule. No, Tuck the, rule. I mean, the going low. Oh, right yeah. You got about that in the first game. So, uh, yeah, look, it, it's they're always looking at, you know, better protection for defenseless players. Like, all that kind of stuff gets looked at every single offseason. It gets looked at with, with piles of data, not just – one particular clip of one particular hit. So if this is deemed to be a problem, you know, in the league overall, then yeah, I would think they would look at it. But, but you're right. I mean, the defensive players will will ask that question. Well, my, my thing is though, Gras, like where where are defensive players going to tackle people? That's what I'm like, saying. Like I I don't understand. I don't under, the some of the calls that we already see now are just crazy. And looking at what are you going to? What yeah. is a defensive player supposed to do now? Yeah, I think that's the thing. I mean, th- these are player safety 
you know, rules designed with player safety in mind, right? So it, the league would take the position of we're going to err on that side of it. Yeah. And if that's, if that's a shame for the defensive players, they're going to get penalized for hits that used to be clean, then that's the way it's going to be, and there's going to be more points as a result. But the goal is, you know, keep them as safe as possible in a completely unsafe game. Yeah, but again, some things are just, hey, that just happens mm-hmm. in the yeah, game. Yeah, but I mean, but it's funny. We say that, but we, we'll play a game. Uh, we won't cancel the, the weekend and push the games back because of COVID, but we, hey. No, they did not. No. It's all about – it's no, all about player safety. expensive though. proposition. Yeah. The, uh, Dan Graziano, <laughs> by the way, is giving a straight talk by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. And each week, Dan has a great column, overreaction, not an overreaction. I love stealing from it for my show all the sure. time, Dan, just so you know. Happy it's on ESPN.com. But, so we have you here. Let's do a live version of that. Overreaction, not an overreaction. I'll give you a couple of lines here. You let me know which one. All right, with the injuries and everything else, the shutout loss, the Bucks now can't win a Super Bowl. Well, it's an overreaction, obviously. I mean, last I checked, their quarterback is Tom Brady. So, yes, I think they can win the Super Bowl. He's done that more than any other quarterback, and, and he did it last year. Look, I, and they, they still have a very, very good roster. They're having injury issues, which they didn't have really last year at this level. And that, obviously, you know, it, it, there's a reason teams don't win the Super Bowl back-to-back years. Nobody knows it's better than Brady. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, to say that they can't, I think, is, is foolish. I, I just wouldn't bet against that I guy. I love that you had to use the yeah. Google to make sure Tom Brady was the quarterback. Well, just making sure, you know, check well, his well, Twitter, well, make I'm sure saying, nothing like, changed you, overnight. If, if people know. say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady still being the quarterback, I don't think they even watch football. Yeah, and you look at the guys they still have defensively, mm-hmm. they still have three tight ends. You have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans will be back at some point. Um, the Leonard Fournette thing, though. Yeah, uh, that, that that that's 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 huge. But I still think they have a chance. Now the chances may go down a little bit. Yes, but they still have a chance. Okay. Next up, overreaction or not, Dan? This is Matt Rule's last season in Carolina. I think it's an overreaction. Now, really? it, it, yeah, it's a situation we're watching. Obviously, as this gets closer and the coaching interview season starts. But last I heard, indications were that they were going to keep Matt Rule, give him another year to try and get it together. Of course, it, it, could, it could go the other way if they lose the last three games and it's ugly, things could change. But my understanding is right now that David Tepper is inclined to give Matt Rule another year to see what he can do. So I, I think it's an overreaction, though it's not impossible. I think it's an overreaction because I think he does get one more year. But we got to remember... The owner, Tepper, he's building a new practice facility. So a lot of things – you just fired Joe Brady. He took the fall for a lot of things that he shouldn't have took the fall for. Now, I want to bring up something right, really quick. Teddy Bridgewater said when he left the Carolina Panthers that they didn't even practice two-minute red zone or none of those things. Remember all that criticism. That lies – a lot of people think that lies on Joe Brady. That lies on the head coach. And there are tweets by Trey Boston that would suggest that there's more going on there or not going on there that has a lot of players unhappy. So we'll see where that goes. All right, overreaction or not overreaction with Dan Graziano. The Chiefs are the class of the AFC. <laughs> I think I, – I, I, give me another week. I'm going to still say overreaction because I just – right now they're the number one seed. Like if you had to pick an AFC team to win it, you, you, that's the one you would pick. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see who wins this Patriots-Bills game. I want to see if they, either one of them or both can look like a real challenger to Kansas City because I think both have that – within them, but uh, we're, we're getting to that point. The defense has been very, very good. The offense has definitely shown positive signs the last couple of weeks. If they look dominant on offense again this week, I think, I think we can go there, but I need, I need one more week of data before I say I want to roll through just a couple of these real quick, uh, Harry. So uh, another one, 
Mike Tomlin, best coach in the NFL. I don't think it's an overreaction. I mean, look, he's not going to be coach. Although he gets the Steelers team to the playoffs, he's got a case for coach of the year because they are very short in a lot of key areas. But uh, the fact that they won that game, I was at that game Sunday. I mean, they gave up 200 yards rushing and they had 35. They managed to win the game. I, I think the, the fact that he's got them in a frame of mind where they still feel like they should be division champions, when all evidence points it's otherwise, right. I think says a lot about, and, you know, he's going to get grief for timeout usage and all that stuff. Fair enough. But the, the coach's main job is to get that team ready to play every week, and I don't know anybody does it better. All right, okay, so not an overreaction. How about this one? Jonathan Taylor is the new MVP front runner. I hear all yeah. former pros talking about it. I yeah. never hear media talking yeah. about it, and they're the ones that matter. Right. I don't personally have a vote, but uh, yes, you're absolutely right. This vote tends to go to quarterbacks, and I think it can go to a running back when a running back has an exceptional season, which Taylor is having, uh, and when there's no clear-cut quarterback leader. And obviously Tom Brady's performance Sunday night dings him a little bit. Now, I don't think it kills his chances, and I think ultimately it remains his, his award to lose based on the way voting patterns and history go. But uh, at this, So that's why I'm saying overreaction at this point. You can make the case that Taylor should be, but if the question is will he be, I still think it leans quarterback. I think it's an uh, overreaction. My lead for MVP right now would be, you know that man, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You look at Aaron Rodgers, you take him off that football team, you've seen what this team was <laughs> when he didn't play against the Kansas City Chiefs. They couldn't score to, 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 to save their lives. So I think right now it's Aaron Rodgers. He can make every throw on the football field. He makes everybody better on that football team. Guys would love to play with him who's not on this football team. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but Aaron Rodgers is my clear-cut favorite. All right, 10 seconds. Packers will go to the Super Bowl. Overreaction or not? Not an overreaction. I had him there preseason. I'm, I'm sticking with him. Great stuff, Dan. Good to see you. Thank you, Thanks guys. so much. It smells great in here, by the way. Yeah, we get, it's a, how do, yeah. what is it? What candle? Your turn. Pomegranate <laughs> is your turn. Pomegranate. Pomegranate. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. struggled. We struggled with this. I don't know what he, he struggled yeah, that, with that's yesterday. All that's about. Yes. But thank you, Dan. Pomegranate. Well. Aromatherapy is what we're all about. Also, the one play that dropped the Browns eight spots in the standings. We'll discuss. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.